Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 289th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian M. Hauser, and you can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger. And tonight we've got a show, a show of shows. Uh, it is the week of Thanksgiving, which is a great week if you're a football fan. It's a great week if you love carbs. It's a great week if you love starch and family drama and dysfunction. All of those things happen this week. It is also a week in which we get to talk about what has been one of the best rivalries in the NFL and recently has been pretty lopsided. Uh, to talk about the Seahawks versus 49ers, I'm going to welcome in our crew tonight. We've got Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB. We've got Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG and special guest, returning guest, friend of show, Mr. Grant Cohen. Grant, how are you doing, man? It's at Grant Cohen, by the way, G-R-A-N-T-C-O-H-N on Twitter. What's going on, man? Doing all right. I'm really excited to talk football with you guys. I picked you guys. I picked the, the Seahawks to win the division. We were you were there. We were all there together. We were there. I mean, I mean, you're only a game out. But winner of this what game. What the hell place, is going right? on? What, I don't, what do you mean? I have a bottle of I bet a bottle of wine before the season started with my dad that the Seahawks would win this game. This what's happening? Why is this happening? Why do they have a negative point differential? What is this? Grant, do you remember the conversation at the beginning of the season? I was so confident that the Seahawks were going to be better than the Niners, and now I feel stupid. And I blame you guys because you agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! No, hold on, hold on. You could have been like Grant. You sound stupid. We know this team. No, no, no. Shane Waldron, terrible. But no, you guys just sat there and let me talk. You're like, this is hilarious. But you knew I was wrong. Thought you were my friends. Grant, the matchups haven't even happened yet, though. You just said you just said we're one game back, which is true. Tons of doom and gloom on Seahawks Twitter. You lost to the Rams. Oh, we always, Grant, we always lose to the Rams. Sean McVay Touché. has bent us over Touché. a desk for like five years straight in a row. Okay. Touché. Like that is just, uh, that's out of mind for me. It's an automatic Fair. L every single time we face the Rams. It it almost doesn't count as a as a loss. It's just weird because like the only time I watch the Rams is when the Niners face them and destroy them. They seem like the dumbest, so... like the, the weakest opponent. But I guess, you know, Styles McFights, whatever. Yeah. But why why are the Seahawks going to match up better with the Niners? I don't you couldn't beat the Rams and now you got the Niners. Cool. I don't know. See, this is disappointing because the way the conversation went at the start of the year, all of us were just super down on the Seahawks and you came in here and were telling us why the Seahawks were going to win and That's what I like, know. I'm confused. Why are you guys all down on the Seahawks and I'm all for the Seahawks? So I was really kind of counting on Sorry. you coming in here and convincing <laughs> us. I'm so off your team. Yeah. Couldn't be more off your team. Mm -hmm. I think I was just excited because you drafted Zach Charbonnet and he went to UCLA and I went to UCLA and I was like, nice. And I do think he's a good player. <laughs> That's a nice he addition is. to your team. But Gino, I feel like it look, say it, say it. Look, I feel like the Seahawks and the and the Patriots are kind of similar, man. That culture was Wilson. And I know you guys thought that he was bad and you ran him out of town and yada yada yada, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever 
Gino's not better than him. And it was funny, like, to, no. to like, 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 look, this is a crazy stat. Russell's 18 and four in his career against the Niners. I know. 18 and four. And he beat him last year with the Denver Broncos. Like, there's something special about the way he plays that the Niners just can't handle. Like, mm-hmm. okay, he doesn't operate within the scheme. He doesn't take what the defense gives him. Okay. Well, he extends plays. He gets away from pressure and he gets the ball down the field. Like, those are the three things you have to do to beat the Niners. And that's just not what Gino wants to do. Gino wants to take check it down. He wants to throw the seven yard out. Like the Niners are like, cool, man. Good luck. Keep doing that. <laughs> I think there's Sorry. I think there's validity to that. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's one side of the ball. I think the other side of the ball is the Seahawks have had one of the most atrocious defenses for years. And they like if you can't stop the 49ers, like either from running or from passing, then good friggin' luck, you know? And so and didn't they blame know. Russell Wilson's contract for that defense? Like, he's making so much money. What do you expect us to put together? Yes. Okay. Yes, they All did. Right. For years, so Grant. For Where's years, they said that. For years. I don't understand. What's up with Pete Carroll? I mean, he's he's not doing what Bill Belichick's doing in New England. That's embarrassing, what mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is doing. But this is very mediocre, what, what Pete Carroll's accomplishing without Russell Wilson. Very Brian. mediocre. I think it was a really bad mistake to bring Evan and Grant on the same show. I'm just telling you right now. I'm Grant, thinking that this was terrible oh, idea. Look, I agree with that guy. <laughs> Grant's got some points here, guys. I know. He's got They're some points. Favorite points. If Russell I were in Wilson Seattle right bad, now, I'd be going in. I'm not impressed. I feel yeah. like this team is kind of stale right now, you guys. It you know, is. Well, well, Grant does bring a Lucky. good point up, though, that we expected uh, for this team to take a pretty material step forward. From last year, yeah. lots of key players, rookies, second year Rookie. entering their second year that we expected yeah. to, you know, make big advances that haven't. And you know, they're about to enter. Everybody knows this. They're about to enter a four-game gauntlet. Seattle is where they play the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Niners twice. Mm-hmm. So there's an opportunity to really make or break it here. And they, and it's you know, they could potentially slide. They could if if this goes wrong. They could end the year with a with a losing record. Well, hold on one sec. So, Dana, yeah, would you okay. say that you're happy with the way the Seahawks season's gone? Um, it's about where I thought it was going to be, and that's what I kind of got into it th- this earlier this year. We thought they would be better. They are better. That defense is better than it was. They have really weird moments where they make really weird decisions, but overall, for the most part, they are better. Um, the offense is what's been baffling. And then you have these beautiful moments in the offense that really seem to kind of click and everything's going the first drive of that Rams game. Could you have asked for anything better? It was beautiful. Right. And then it falls apart, falls apart in the second half. Where do we lay that blame? Do you lame it on Gino who was injured and out and then had to come back in to save the damn game? Which no, it's is on Jason Myers. It is totally on Jason Myers. <laughs> oh, did you roll your eye there? But then um, you have to turn around and look. It's like, okay, so he comes yeah. back in. Or is it on Shane Waldron for not making any adjustments and refusing to run it on third round and all of this? Who's it on? I think that – so am I happy? No, I'd be happy if they were still tied for first. But that's only one game out. So I'm not – I am not in the dips of depths of despair as no. Seahawks Twitter is right now and, and some of our other friends are. I just am like, damn it. I really thought they'd be this much better. All right. I need, Why I need are you not going to lose the next four games? The, they, they, I, think, I think the odds are that they will win one of those games. I think one hey. or two. I think the odds no. are that they will win one. And I think the only reason the odds are that they'll win one is because the likelihood of them losing five straight, the probabilities of that to me are too mm-hmm. unlikely. I think that We're they find their way to seven. win. That's about what? right. Yeah, we're looking yeah. at seven and seven for this team, and eventually yeah. like eight and nine or nine and. I nine. figured they they'd get ten year? wins. No, they they got ten last year. But that's not them be ten. No, that's okay. Hold on, hold on. So the the measure of progress for the Seahawks, to me, is not winning. A, it's not making the playoffs, and it's mm-hmm. not winning a playoff game. It is. Are they moving closer to being an elite team, or are they not? And that's the, that's the part for me. What I wrote about Monday after the Rams game was this is a this is a defense that's absolutely stepped forward from being one of the worst in the NFL to being league average. I'll and take then it. You've got an offense that was one of the top 10 in the NFL that's moved backwards to league average. And you've got old players mixed with young players and some of the young players are going to step forward. But guess what? Bobby Wagner is not going to be around forever. Jordan Brooks. I don't know if you re-sign him. Geno Smith is Geno Smith. 
you've got questions about some of these older players that will move off the team. And will like Quandre Diggs should be off the team next year, most likely for salary cap reasons. So I think it's harder for me right now to make a case that the Seahawks are on a path towards being an elite team. It's much easier for me to make a case that the Seahawks are on a path to being mediocre. Like they're going to be in the nasty middle of the NFL Mm -hmm. and that Devin Witherspoon is like the best example the the secondary, the cornerbacks are the best example of a non mediocre ascending part of a team for the Seahawks. I think the offensive line and the way offensive line has played this year has, and the injuries have been the primary reason why the offense has not been able to take a step forward and is in potential disarray. So I think, I'm with Grant on this, which I didn't know if I was going to say it all tonight, but that's I, I, that's where I am right now. And I want to be talked out of it, but I think the Seahawks are not on a trajectory to escape the, the messy middle of the NFL. That's purgatory, right? Right where yeah, you are. can be. Not where you want to be. So it's interesting that you say that because we had a conversation amongst ours in our chat that um, when, and when somebody asked us um, if you would rather win one Super Bowl and then have one or two win seasons for the next 10 years, but you get another ring, or would you be rather be in the mix every single year? And more of us wanted to be in the mix than win a ring and then have 10 years of unwatchable football. I'd Where are you at on that, Grant? I know Brian the was ring. the only one I think that I said he ring. wanted to win the ring. See, the Niners are the opposite. They're in the mix and they want like some type of trophy for being in the mix every year. Like, nope, doesn't yeah. work that way. You guys are not champions. Stop acting like you are. The thing with the like the, the Seahawks is like, great, you won that championship freaking 10 years 10 ago. Years ago. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. But there's no rule that says you have to hold on to the same formula for 10 years because it worked a whole different era ago. Like, you could move on at any time. And I think maybe... I mean, he's like the oldest coach in the league. He always has a terrible mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. If Gino's the best he can do at quarterback, it might. Drew Locke, is is he going to play this? Is going to be a Drew Locke? Pre- or is America going to have to watch Drew Locke no. on Thanksgiving? Because that's just un-American. I think that's unfair. <laughs> I agree with you there. You're not going to get an argument from any the, of us the, on the, that. The question, I so, question so, hold on. the Seahawks. The honest question is, are the Seahawks better off is there chances of being like getting the outcome they want for the season better off if Gino doesn't play? Are you just going to like mail this one in or are you going to put him out there and put him in freaking harm's way against a very angry, very talented defense and potentially lose him for the rest of the year? You know, That's they're going to play him. I mean, they're, they're trying their best to win nine games this year. Like, good luck. I hope you guys win nine games, but I just don't think, like you said, this team is, has found their spot in the essence of mediocrity. I don't think it's going to get much better. He's not going to luck into the next Russell Wilson. That was luck. Just like Belichick lucked into Tom Brady. I'm sorry. And just like Kyle Shanahan lucked into Brock Purdy. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy's on their level, but these coaches don't know what they're doing at quarterback. No. They don't. I mean, maybe a couple of them do, but most of them absolutely don't. Right. It's start throwing. Just, even even the best of them. So, yeah, sorry. You had Russell Wilson. Be thankful. Yeah. He's still good. I like watching him play. I'm sorry. I like Russell Wilson. I like. We him. all like Russell Wilson. Yeah. We all do. We like the draft picks he got us too, but we like Russell Wilson. Brian, you <laughs> like Russell Wilson, right? Right? You're a big Russell He's Wilson right. fan? He's all right. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough spoonful of truth from, from Grant. I feel Cohen like Seahawks fans talk themselves out of Russell Wilson big time. And you oh. really want, you had to choose. Is it him or is it Pete? Is it him or is it the culture? But that's not I even believe a question, that Richard Urban, Legion of Boom culture baloney. It's the quarterback every time. Every time. It's I think you're completely wrong. I do too. I completely you're, think you're, you're, you're like way, way, way no. off. There's I'm no way. Saying the Broncos are good or anything. I'm just saying like, there is no way the Seahawks would no. be better off with Russell Wilson than they are with all the things that they've got for him. Nope. No way. There's no way. All I know. All I know is as a prognosticator for the 49ers, if Russell Wilson were on the field tomorrow, I might pick the Seahawks. You already picked the Seahawks. But since he's not, and we got 0-3, Gito who's 0-3 against the Niners. I mean, not tomorrow, yeah. whenever they play. Dude, but you're <laughs> – that is such Gito's a false premise. Yeah. Because you'd be talking about no Devin Witherspoon, no Charles Cross. You'd be talking about no uh, – like half the players on the team wouldn't be there. So you'd be Russell Wilson. Russell beat him with the Broncos last year, somehow. <laughs> yes. Somehow, yeah. some way. That was he a good defense that they had. Quarter. That yeah. was a great defense. One of the best quarter defenses. Quarter. Yes, sure. It was like a 13 to 10 game. Jimmy Garoppolo stepped out of bounds. It was it, yeah. things happened. Yeah. So Grant, talk to us a little bit about the 49ers. Three three losses in a row. That they just seem to really kind of lose their footing there for a while. What happened? 
Well, the Cleveland game, they had a 10-0 lead and got ran down by Cleveland and P.J. Walker. Like, they just didn't show up to that game. They started a fight before the game started. Debo got hurt immediately. Trent Williams got hurt immediately. They just no-showed that game. The next two games, like, they fell behind and couldn't come back. And that's what's interesting about the Niners. They're kind of a front-running team. They often, what they do is they usually defer. The other team gets the ball first. Their defense gets a stop. They force the punt. They score first because they have a great script because Kyle Shanahan, like, asked his dad for some help. I don't know. His scripts are great. They're often up 10 nothing, and then it's tough to come back on the Niners because they can run the ball. They can do play action. They have a good defense. But Vikings took a 7 nothing lead. Uh, Bengals took a 7 nothing lead. If the Seahawks can somehow take a 7 nothing lead, you got a chance because the Niners are all about playing from ahead. Everything they do is about playing, especially on offense. If you make Brock Purdy just a drop-back passer, say, we don't care about the run, you're down 10. We don't care about play action, you're down 10. Drop back and throw. Now he has to take chances. Now he has to throw with anticipation. Now he throws picks. His quarterback rating when he's losing is 82. When he's winning is 127. So, I mean, you can't let the Niners get a lead early in the game. It's, it's very much about how you start. If you go back and look at the NFC Championship game, Eagles took a 7-0 lead. They got the ball first. They, sh- they converted a fourth down. There was a drop. Kyle should have uh, challenged it. He didn't. They scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They're down seven. Kyle's already on tilt. He calls a shot play that he normally wouldn't call in his first series because he doesn't exactly know the look. Boom, Hassan Reddick knocks out uh, Brock Purdy. End of game right there. I, largely because the Eagles had a lead. It's, the, it's a big deal. Can't fall behind the Niners unless you have P.J. Walker. Then he'll bring you back. Grant, so uh, talk to us about the injury for Hufanga. Uh, does that matter? Does it hurt this? I mean, he's an all-pro player. Does it matter for the 49ers? I like Talanoho Funga, like, a lot, personally. So, sorry, but I don't know. I don't know. My inclination is no. I think he probably shouldn't have been an all-pro last year. He had four picks. He also gave up six touchdowns. If you watch the Niners, he gave up big plays. He would often jump routes and give up long touchdowns, and it was a problem. But he's famous. You know, he's got associations. And he was on the best defense, so he became all pro. But like this year, you know, he's not a playmaker as a blitzer. He's not a playmaker very much in coverage. And as soon as he went down, the Niners brought in Jair Brown, who was their first draft pick this year. They traded up for him in round three, went to Penn State. He had three pass breakups in the fourth quarter, two in the end zone, one was a pick. Like the Niners really took their foot off the gas, an old team. And they were up 27 to 7 in the third quarter. They were like, we got this. All of a sudden, Bucks come down. They're like right at the goal line. Well, inside the 10 twice. And the Niners are just kind of on their heels. And this rookie steps up and uh shuts the door for, a, for an old team that was kind of cruising. So I actually think he might be a big upgrade for the 49ers. This Jair yeah. Brown guy's their top draft pick. And they're an old team. They need someone young to like give them some energy. They're coasting. That's why – that's the best thing that the Seahawks have going for them this week is the Niners are old and might just overlook them because they got the Eagles next week. Seriously. You have to understand the uniform impact as well. Um, I don't know if you're prepared. <laughs> is it going to be that green? Niners it is the play. neon green. It is. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts my It's eyes. tough to look at. It's, it's tough to look at for, for a lot of players. Um, Evan, you have a question. I was going to ask a couple more, but you look like you're unmuted. Oh my God. I had a question about something completely unrelated for Grant. Do it. Grant, I need to know your stance on Thanksgiving food and turkey. Is turkey good? Is turkey good? Yeah. Is turkey good? Oh my God. Yeah. You like turkey? You're eating turkey like multiple times a year? Yeah, like what kind of question is that, Evan? Like, you're, who, you're going what? to the grocery store and you're 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 making a turkey multiple times a year? No, I, I eat a turkey sandwich like a lot. I like a turkey sandwich, okay, and I like taking the you know some of the meat that you get and making a turkey sandwich after Thanksgiving. What? No, but I, well, I do what you mean. Like you don't you don't go out and get like a roast turkey any other night. But, but what's good about it is all the other stuff. Okay, okay, other okay, okay. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Plate. Follow-up question, follow-up question for okay. Kyle Shanahan's favorite reporter. Favorite, favorite Thanksgiving dish and most overrated Thanksgiving dish? I like the stuffing. Okay, respectable. I like Love the it. stuffing. Stuffing's an art. Whether it's in the bird or out the bird, I can't. It's the only night of the year you have anything like that. 
So, I mean, I love mac and cheese, but you have that. That's not necessarily a Thanksgiving thing. It adds to the dish. I'm not mad if someone makes great mac and cheese on Thanksgiving, but like something you only have that day, the stuffing. You can have mashed potatoes any day, but that stuffing is special if it's done well. I know some people like, people in the Niners are like, I like acorn squash. Don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that in my entire life. Acorn That's squash? That's the closest yeah. thing. The acorn squash? The little green one. Is it good? Is it good? Yeah. What? I bet it's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. good. I bet it's good. I just, I've never had it. I don't know. Okay, most overrated. Go on the record, Grant. Get flamed on Twitter for this. I know you have something in the back of your head that you just want to share. I just well, know so. It. What are the options here? All, all the options. All the options. Pick one. I don't know, man. I'm a big fan. I think everything has its place. The cranberry sauce is phenomenal. Oh, I, I'm with Grant. I, I think. So I mean, this, I think Grant. Grant, I think of any good. vegetable on Thanksgiving is overrated. I think it's generally not needed. It is a starch, ba- like it is mashed potatoes. Yeah, what vegetable? Potatoes. I don't even understand like, you what vegetable like, you would eat. Vegetables okay. are not necessary. Nah, okay, I'm no, okay. There's okay. not enough space Follow on your plate for that. Green bean casserole, pro or against? Yeah, I, I would never you. have that. See, but I never had. Her. I don't even know what that is. Like, no, no that one dish in my family is so garbage. Grant, that dish is so you need garbage. to understand that part of the reason Evan's asking this is he hates Thanksgiving food, and he is coming to my place. He's flying to Seattle, and he's going to be subjected to Thanksgiving food at my house. You seem like a lot of fun, Evan. I like you. I like <laughs> you. Grant, I'm just telling you, Thanksgiving food in general. I'll just say it this way. I'll put it very delicately. There is a reason we eat Thanksgiving food. Most commonly, only once a year. There's a reason. Yeah, but it's fun. Like it's not. Oh, it's not yeah, sure. Juicy. The the egalitarian. You put you put gravy on all that shit. Sure. You know I mean? No, I agree. I agree. You I'm a gravy proponent. Bucks for like a million people. A hundred percent agreed. A hundred percent agreed. I love I love the I love the equity part of it. Gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing. I love all of that. I'm just saying turkey, green bean casserole. Let's get it out of here. Let's cook some steaks. Like let's make some steaks instead. Like let's bring in some real meat that people actually Let's get enjoy. some ribeyes in here. Come on. Straight up. Steak, straight up. Steaks the night before, dude. You you'll get steaks tonight. 100%. Okay. Sorry. Uh I'm bringing it back. <laughs> that was such a critical thing. I, I appreciate that line of questions, and it also gives me some insight into what I'm going to need to deal with. Cranberry is not overrated. No one goes to the store and says, I'm buying canned cranberries out of Thanksgiving. Man, you got to dress that up, dude. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. real, real cranberry. Although, I, I don't mind the canned cranberry sauce. It has to have lines in it or it's not good. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it can happen. Okay. Um, Grants, 49ers offensive line. Uh, Trent Williams been playing, was injured, then came back. He's not having the season quietly that he has in past years. And that 49ers offensive line has not been as good as I think fans had hoped, especially in pass protection. Are you seeing that show up? Uh, has anyone really tested that? Has anyone really gotten to Purdy and get made him uncomfortable? Well, yeah. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals did. Vikings did. I mean, the Browns did. Like, if you can get ahead of the Niners and don't worry too much about their running game and their play action game, you can do it. Their offensive line is not built. The whole offense isn't built to come from behind. From the coach to the quarterback to the offensive line, it's the whole thing. They're not built to come from behind. They're built to play with the lead and run the ball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the situation in the game. When Trent Williams is out, they suck. They suck because, okay, think about it. They're run first team. They can't run right because that side is terrible. They got to run left. And when you have Trent Williams and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey, you can run left in a lot of different ways what they do. Once he's not out there, like, where, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? If you have Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't matter. So they're very, very dependent on Trent Williams being out there, feeling healthy, which is – he's 35. He misses games all the time. Do you th- – if you were to design a game plan to try to beat the 49ers, where, what would be the key elements of that? You talked about getting ahead, but like, how are you getting ahead? How are you defending this team? Like, what is the way that you're, you know, someone brings you, Pete Carroll, he brings you in. He's like, Grant, Kyle Shanahan hates you. I love you. Tell me everything I need to know about how to beat his team. How do you Brian, do it? That is um, such a good question. That's such a good question. Well, 
I think you got to look at what the ba- the Browns do. You got to play man-to-man coverage, I think. Like, if you play zone between Brock, like, the Niners do so many shifts and motions. Like, they'll d- diagnose what you're doing in zone. And Brock's really smart, and he has so many weapons that he'll essentially dice you up if you play zone. He'll complete 80% of his throws. Like, if you play man, though, and you can really cover Brandon Ayuk, because Debo's not separating, and Kittle... Kittle's good after the catch, and McCaffrey's a great player, but he's not killing you as a receiver. If you can really cover Brandon Ayuk man-to-man, you got a chance. Because right now he's destroying people, and I feel like Seahawks can do it. That's why you drafted Devin Witherspoon. You have Tariq Woolen. You guys have one of the better secondaries in the league, and if you can force Brock Purdy to like not just diagnose the the defense pre-snap, know where the hole's going to be and go there, um, force him to actually read the field and see who gets open and hold the ball, you got a chance. I think man coverage forces the quarterback to hold it a little bit longer, and that brings the offensive line into play. I mean, that's one of the interesting things that got lost in the Rams' loss <laughs> is uh, the first game of the season, Matt Stafford and Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell absolutely eviscerated the Seahawks' secondary. Mm-hmm. Devin Witherspoon didn't play in that game. Trey Brown played poorly in that game. They're playing it. Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen is, was not playing at his best still coming off of injury. This game... There were not receivers running open. Pukunakua was not having an easy time getting open. And when it was, it was not because it was man-to-man. It was like sitting down in a zone in the middle of the field and the Seahawks not guarding him. But, exactly. like, I, I do think that the Seahawks... All Pukunakua does, right? He runs the curl route? Uh, Eight-yard curl? It, oh! It is, you don't have to deal with watching this. You're not even a, a 49ers fan. But watching no. the Seahawks design a third-down defense where they all play behind the sticks and leave the middle of the field wide open. And the guy's like standing there with no one within five yards of him for a 10 yard gain on third and nine is like so aggravating. And that does happen more than, but I like. like the reason you drafted Devin Witherspoon is so you can match up. That's right. With the Niners. Right. I mean, yes. I thought that, I thought that pick was genius. I mean, even though Jalen Carter is so good, I got it. It seems to me like if you're going to match up, if you're going to beat the Niners, Got to be able to match up with their receivers, particularly Ike. And uh, there's another player they added specifically for the 49ers. I think Julian Love was added specifically for George Kittle. And so I think, I think, I think the Seahawks have been, <laughs> Pete Carroll and John Schneider have been looking at this game since last year. And I think, I don't, I don't know if they've done enough <laughs> to like, they definitely haven't done enough to be favored or likely to win. I think the question is like last time the Seahawks played them, they were ahead like at halftime and mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. a score through three quarters or whatever. And then they got blown out. So the question I thought they is, had the right idea in that game. They were like, let's play cover one, let's play robber, let's play you know, not two deep safeties. Let's take away that 10 yard in cut route that Kyle feasts on and force Brock or dare Brock Purdy to throw the ball outside the numbers down the field. Like, yeah, that's exactly exactly what you want to do. It's just the Seahawks didn't really have the talent to pull it off. Now you do. I, I think the reason yeah. I just don't take the Seahawks seriously is more their offense. I mean, from the coordinator to the quarterback to the offensive line, like I like the weapons. I like the running back. I like the wide receivers. But it's just such a unimaginative, Grant. stodgy offense every year. Grant, forever. what's your perspective on Shane Waldron as an outsider? I'm super curious. Like just a anonymous nobody who's terrible. That's another guy. Hey, they got it from the Rams, right? Yeah, some guy. They got from the Rams who probably didn't call plays at the Rams, but was sort of watching Sean McVay call plays. And Pete Carroll was like, oh, man, I always lose to the Rams. Let me bring someone from them and weaken them when really the Rams didn't care about losing Sean, Shane Waldron. Probably were happy. And they're like, oh, good, you take him. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like he's actually – what is the staple of a Shane Waldron offense? Nobody knows. That's the thing. I mean, if anything, it's tight ends. The Seahawks managed – Pete Carroll managed. It's, it's not even just – the Mike Shanahan coaching tree and you go to the Washington when it was the Redskins, the Washington Redskins staff where the only thing you could do was hire the next great coach. Kyle Shanahan was there. Mike McDaniel was there. Like <laughs> Sean McVay was there. Like yeah. every great offensive coach was there. AJ Gruden, you can decide whether you think he's great, but he had some good years. Shane Waldron was there. Yeah. The Seahawks managed to get the one guy <laughs> 
<laughs> the one guy on that offensive staff that doesn't doesn't know how to be great. And I, you it know, seems to me like it's tough to find a good offensive coordinator. Like this oh, is sure. Robert Sala's problem. If you're a defensive coach, any good offensive coordinator is a head coach. Even mediocre offensive coordinators are head coaches. But if you're an offensive coach like Kyle Shanahan, it's e- I feel like it's easy to find good defensive coordinators because they're no one really wants a defensive coach. Well, some some Seattle, hey, but most teams don't anymore no, for obvious reasons. That is absolutely true. So I here's the thing. I'm gonna make a quick case for how I think the Seahawks can beat the 49ers. Um, see if if this holds any water whatsoever. So I think that their game plan last year in the playoffs was to rely on the run game more um, and to really get into third and shorter downs. So they weren't in in a big problem against uh, the pass rush. Basically to protect, not to turn over, to be relatively conservative. I think the 49ers on offense, I think they, if you can't, you can't stop everything. If you can pick one thing to stop on the 49ers, it's the run game. I think you absolutely have you have to stop the run game. And evidence to that, in their three losses, the three in a row, those were their three lowest rush yard on offense outputs of the year, including yeah. the only game this year they've had less than 100 yards rushing. So I think that slowing down the run yep. turns them into a more predictable passing offense. I think that then pushes you into your secondary, which is your strength. And you gotta have to hope that those guys can hold up. You gotta commit enough guys to the run that you stop that, and then you gotta hope that your secondary holds up and takes advantage of Brock Purdy makes takes some chances and turns the ball if over. You, if you can make the Niners one dimensional on offense, you can beat him. But that's easier said than done. You have it to is. have a lead. You have to be able to stop the run. So you have to have that's it. You have to, and that's it. And and three teams did it in a row, <laughs> so it's doable. And those teams, none of them were that good. Minnesota. And, and Brian, how has Seattle's run defense fared over the past three weeks? Ooh. It was all they did, right. They did well. Okay. They did well against Baltimore. Bottom six in the NFL, 159 <laughs> yards rushing allowed per game. Yeah, but that's that. That is actually like I, you I, can't I'm, tell I'm, me I'm that doesn't matter on the Seahawks. But that's that's misleading. That you can't tell me that doesn't rushing matter. in one game. <laughs> so, so take the average, right? Yeah. They, they 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 did fine against the run against the Rams. Mm-hmm. They did Can't fine, be. and they did fine against. Like it wasn't their best, but well, the Rams they were are terrible at running the ball. What's that? Who's their running back? The Rams are terrible at running the ball. What's his face? Oh, I know, Royce Freeman. Freeman. I I I can't believe he was still in the NFL. I didn't know he was. <laughs> Oregon. I don't Maybe. remember. Yeah. Maybe Oregon? it's we're not going to spend time talking about Royce Freeman on this show. <laughs> Sorry, so, that so, was already too much. So so, hundred <laughs> percent. Do you guys, I mean, is that the formula? Does anyone have, like, is that like completely unrealistic? It's Eight not unrealistic. Eight in the Seattle box, single it? high. Don't you ever play two deep safeties against the 49ers. Don't you ever, ever. Single high safety, eight in the box. Take away the, the inter- intermediate throws over the middle. Take away the run if you can and see what you can do one-on-one against Brandon Ayuk. See what you can do. Trey, He's please good. clip, please clip Grant saying, "Don't you ever." And then when Seahawks <laughs> play too deep safety on Sun on Thursday, please clip Don't that. Don't you Don't ever, please. That's like a perfect moment. I feel like so many defenses in the league just do that without thinking, and you do that against the Niners, you're mm-hmm. gonna lose. Okay, gonna lose. I got another question for you. Seahawks have all of a sudden become good at screen passes, and I think I've seen the 49ers struggle a little bit with defending the screen. Am I right? Yeah. They sure have. If you want to beat the Niners, you want to run to the perimeter because they're not setting edges this year for whatever reason under new defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, and they're not defending screen passes particularly well either. So I, I know that was a big emphasis this offseason to add that to the, the offense there, and I know Zach Charbonnet does that really well because I am I went to UCLA and I watched him there, and he's terrific as a receiver. That's a great way to go after the 49ers. You want to negate their pass rush as much as possible. So make Nick Bosa chase plays left and right. That's a good thing to do. They get, right. they get up field so fast that you, if you just sell the screen, it can work. Evan, Dana, more questions for Grant before we let him return to his uh, other, otherwise scheduled programs for the, the evening. Which version of Brock Purdy are we going to get on Thursday? Isn't that the million-dollar question? <laughs> if he's winning, you're going to get the, the Brock Purdy that just eviscerates anyone. He's really good when he's winning. 
He just he doesn't try to do too much. He's throwing no picks this year when he's winning. But if you can get him uh, losing all of a sudden, he tries to do too much. He wants to be the hero. He'll he'll try to make plays. He'll anticipate things that aren't there. So I mean, it kind of depends on you, man. Kind of depends on you, dude. If you make him try to try to do like you have to do stuff when you're losing. You actually have to play. When you're winning, it's so easy, man. You just take what the defense gives you, check it down, make a couple plays. Everyone says you're the greatest. So I do not understand why people have not taken away the middle of the field from him. All his all his big throws are middle of the field. I don't understand why that's just like a no throw zone and like force everything outside the the hashes. Like I don't understand why. Like I, I'm I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I don't get it because it seems really clear that's his zone. I don't know, man. It seemed like Tampa couldn't do anything. They have the worst pass defense in the league. That Jamel Dean guy. Anytime Brandon I ran around, that guy fell down and got like Carter <laughs> off the field. I don't understand. Sorry, Jamel. I don't know what happened. So bad. I, I, again, I feel like so when the Niners lost their first game of the year was to Cleveland. Cleveland played man-to-man coverage and it was very effective and after that niner fans are looking at the schedule and be like all right what teams that what teams can do that what teams have a a denzel ward uh type and it's like oh seattle seattle does have that kind of a secondary now i don't know i'm just saying man if the see if the cleveland browns can beat the 49ers seahawks have a chance seahawks have a chance have, you, have the seahawks played the browns yet have they, have they yeah we, we, did. Beat we beat them there you go who's the quarterback <laughs> PJ. There you go. Walker. There you go. That's what I'm saying. I see, see, that's something to be hopeful for. Yeah. Um, so I have a theory, Grant, that I would love to run past you. And I've had this theory for a couple of years now. Um, and I yell okay. it from the rooftops. It's about your head coach and his family. I call it being Shanahan, that he and his um, dad have a tendency to break their players on a regular basis, that it goes clear back to Mike and RG3 and how he basically ruined his career because he made him play on that broken knee for so long. And then you see it a lot with Kyle Shanahan, too. He has player after player, broken after broken, never, ever. Do you have a completely healthy season? What? First of all, is my theory completely off? I just called me Shanahan. Oh, we got Shanahan because it seems like they run their players into the ground. Am, am I reading that wrong? Am I wishful thinking? Like it just—it's crazy to me the injuries that happen under that family. I mean, his dad did it to Terrell Davis. Yep. The way he, he used Terrell Davis with no conscience. Oh, yeah. they've been doing it for decades, and I think there's a definite pattern. And I'd have to agree. Yeah, it seems Shanahan. a little bit like. Yeah, it's almost like they think they're coaching Madden and they're not really in tune with the human element or they don't care about the human element. But I think they feel that no one's going to ever criticize them for overusing their best players, that their number one goal, their number one job isn't to win. It's to stay employed and to stay employed. You play your best players. And if they get hurt, that's an excuse. That's Mm -hmm. one thing I don't like about Kyle. I feel like he always uses the injury excuse. When he's sort of like, it's like he's a, a race car driver and he's constantly in the red and then his engine blows. And he was like, well, my engine blew. I was like, right. well, yeah, look at how you were driving the car. Exactly. That's a little bit like Kyle. He has, he has this pattern all the time. Although right now, his team's fairly healthy. So we'll see. Maybe he's yeah. growing at 43 years old. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, we're only in week 12. You got a couple weeks done. True. You're, you're going to break more. Yeah, this all is right, what Evan, you get the gifts for the last. You right exactly. now. Yeah. You get the gifts for the last question for Grant. Grant, uh, I saw Javon Kinlaw was playing pretty well on Sunday. Your comment? I take full responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> because, of, because of you? Absolutely. He's been, he's been a whole different guy. No, shout out to Javon Kinlaw. I got nothing but respect for Javon Kinlaw. We both did some immature stuff. We both shook hands. We both have been pretty mature. I think him more than me have been pretty mature since then. And, I mean, I'm always rooting for players to be successful. I'm never sitting here being like, man, I really hope he washes out of the league. That'll show him. Like, good for Javon. Good for Javon. I respect it. I, right, I lied. That. 49ers, are they winning the Super Bowl this year? No. Why? Because they're they only win one way. Only win one way. Taking a lead. And this team, we've seen them have leads in big in big playoff games and give those up. I just don't think they're resilient enough. I think their offensive their entire offense is built to have a great built to have a lead. If their defense doesn't have a great game, 
And I don't know that their defense is built to just shut down a team like the Chiefs or the Eagles. Like, is their defense that good? Can you play defense like that in the Super Bowl, or do you get called for a million flags? It seems like every Super Bowl is 35, 34 now. I don't think their offense is good enough. I just don't. I know they put up a lot of points, but their defense forces so many takeaways. I think once they go against a real elite team, they're not going to measure up. I mean, they lost to P.J. Walker, guys. They lost to P.J. Walker. I don't know. I can't get that out of my head. You guys didn't lose to P.J. freaking Walker. These guys did. You know what? If they can lose to P.J. Walker, they can lose to Geno Smith. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying, Evan. It can happen. It can happen. See? All right. Grant Cohen on the show starts with absolutely no respect for what can happen in this game for the Seahawks and is leaving with absolute confidence that the Seahawks are going to win. I talk we have done about- our job <laughs> and turned and this around. And then when the by 21 on Thursday, I'm going to be like, win, Evan, Dana, you guys did it to me again. Can, <laughs> can, we get me a, again. can we get a formal score prediction from you? Yes, let's do that. I like 24 to 10. Niners. Niners. I just yeah. don't see that Seahawks yeah. offense doing a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You know, there's there's Seahawks fans that would take 24 to 10 in this game. <laughs> I think there's people worried about what's worse than that. So we will see. Hey, this has uh, been great to have you again, Grant. Thank you for taking time to come over uh, at Grant Cohen, uh, C-O-H-N uh, on Twitter. Check out his pod, his channel, uh, everything going on on Twitter. It is hilarious and often uh, interesting as well. And he takes on... Just some some of the biggest, I don't know, what's the right word for it? Assholes. Douchebag reporters uh, as well. So I, I appreciate that uh, of Grant. So uh, thanks for coming on, Grant. It's been fun. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you again, hopefully, maybe in a few weeks. If you, My YouTube channel is full of serious, sober football analysis. What are you talking about? Hilarious and fun? Not on my watch. I don't do that. I will not tell your dad. Break down film, the film, all of it. All of it. <laughs> Players. So serious. Thank you, Grant. Take no care. No jokes. <laughs> serious shit. Avoid the turkey, Grant. Avoid the turkey. No. Do it. Enjoy. All right. Thank, thank you, you to Grant. Yeah. Okay, Thanks, Grant. Take care. God, I freaking love him. You too. I love it. We should trade Twitter accounts for a week. Oh my God! Yes, you. What should. would you do if you were asked to, if you were asking Kyle Shanahan a question? <laughs> I don't even know what I would do. I think you'd clam up. I think you would. You would. You I would not would be joke. able. To, you would I, not I have would the joke. cojones that Grant has. Oh, he has way bigger balls than me. No oh. doubt about it. His <laughs> balls are like whale sized. <laughs> I mean. I had to. There's so many people I've had to talk into following him and watching his show. I'm like, no, they're like 49ers. And I'm like, no, you, you have to just watch it. It's freaking hilarious. I mean, it's one of my favorite things. It's kind of one of the only things when the 49ers are really good. It's like one of the only things that can kind of uh, make you feel a little bit better it's as a Seahawks fan. Because he'll always find something that they're not doing well <laughs> and, and troll the, the, that fan base a little bit. So, so true. he knows how to get clicks and views and he does it well. Um and you know what? He's not just a clickbait guy. He mm-hmm. he he has some legitimate uh, questions and analysis of what's going on there. That he asks questions that most people just wouldn't. Um, so I, I I respect how he goes about that. Um, all right, we've got a little bit of time left for this group to talk about this game. Um, we've got some questions. We could do patron questions, or we could talk the game. Do you guys have a preference? Are there areas of this game that we haven't really covered materially that are like big focal points? I'm trying to think. Um, Kenneth Walker absence. How, how concerned are we about uh, him not playing this week? Dana? Well, I, I'm concerned because I've always loved the dual threat idea of him, but we have been wanting more from Charbonnet too, right? So you kind of want a little bit of both, but I think they're going to miss him. I think that they need his style of run and just the rotation of it. And the threat of him, we haven't really seen the the big, huge runs from Charbonnet at the same level. I mean, and so I, I think that then that takes away a little bit of that threat just because we haven't seen it yet. doesn't mean he can't do it. We just haven't seen it. So I think that that's going to be a big problem. Um, I don't think they're going to be running into because I think they're going to be behind and have to throw the ball. But I do think that um, they, they will miss him to a certain extent for sure. 
I yeah, I agree that he it's it's it'd certainly be better to have him. I don't think in this game it's like the end of the right the end of the world. I think Charbonnet's running style is actually really well suited. But I mean, look, do you guys remember who faced the 49ers last year in the playoffs? Seattle. Can you name the starting linebackers for the Seahawks in that game? I blocked um, that from my memory. We had a uh, we had our fullback playing linebacker, right? He, did. I, he I don't think he played in that game. We had Tanner Muse. Oh my gosh, Cody Barton. Oh for shit. So like that was our linebacking crew back then. We had, you know, Kobe Bryant got abused in that game. He's just getting activated. Unfortunately, Jarek Reed's going to be out for the year with an ACL. Cody Barton will be active for special teams, but he's not going to be on the field as a corner. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, the safety for that in that game, like the third safety was, I'm actually going to have to look at this up because I'm curious. <clears throat> it was uh, Jones. I want to say Jones. Uh, mm. I mean, it was just, it was a very different crew. Um, Bruce Irvin, Ryan Neal, uh Jonathan Abram you know and you're right Nick Ballard did play and LJ Collier the worst of the worst Quentin Jefferson so and they a, held their own for a while they that game was 23 to 13 49ers at the end of three quarters mm-hmm. it was a six-point game and the Seahawks were ahead at halftime. And DK Metcalf was a big factor in that game. They could not stop DK Metcalf, at least early. He missed practice today with a toe injury that is new. Don't know how serious that is. But DK Metcalf's come on. The last two games, I mean, we've been pretty critical. I think DK Metcalf's had two of his better games of the season the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. Can, can I say something real good? In, in, in chat, Elena said they didn't have McCaffrey. Then they did. He came halfway through last season. So he was in that game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, Kate Johnson was playing on offense in this game. Dariq Young. I don't know. I just, I think that this, I think the Seahawks are much better. I think the 49ers are better too. I think that the Seahawks defense has closed the gap meaningfully with the 49ers offense. Leonard Williams wasn't there. You know, Jaron Reed was, was, you know, a meaningful difference. Boye Mafe was not the same player. Uh, Draymond Jones has been playing better on the, like, there's a lot of things that are, Bobby Wagner was not there. Like, there's a lot of things that are better. The main thing I will say that's worse is people have started figuring out that they can, mess with Bobby Wagner in coverage. He got, he was the biggest hole against the Rams and Sean McVay specifically clearly built the game plan to force Bobby Wagner to be in coverage. I think Kyle Shanahan could very likely try to do the same thing. So like, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think that that's a legitimate case to be made that the defense should be able to go toe to toe with the 49ers on offense. I think Grant's right. It's, do we can we picture a path to where this offense can do anything to be productive in this game? Can they can they actually get a run game going? I mean, they haven't been t- able to historically, and now they're without their RB one, right? So, where where are where is San Francisco at in run protection? In what run protection? How are they against the run? So it's not, I mean, their run, it depends on the, they're okay. They're like. That's what I thought, kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, I think they're like 10 to 15. So they're not quite middle of the road. They're a little Mm. above that, but you know. PFF has them at 10th for run defense. That sounds about right. I think so. Um, Nicholas Cox, thank you for the super chat says, Brian, don't give me hope for naming <laughs> last year's roster. I cannot handle hope. It ruins everything. I just think like, 
I'm talking myself into a win on Thursday, mostly not due to logic <laughs> and mostly not due to rationale and like just vibes. Uh, it's it's really it's really just vibes. Like Lumen Field, I don't give a fuck. CenturyLink Field, Thursday night, Thanksgiving, prime time, Carol drama, prime time. Green uniforms. Green uniforms. Like here's the deal. here's the deal. Let's be super clear about this. San Francisco is the far better football team across the board. Anybody who debates this is a is a bimbo. Okay, full stop. But with that said, Pete Carroll has some chaos magic to him, and Seattle can win this game if if they limit turnovers, limit limit their margin for error and get a few lucky bounces their way. It's possible. I'm just, I'm just telling you it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just possible. So if Gino though has a game, you know, comes out and throws a couple of picks or something like that, this is a, this is a blowout in in favor of the Niners. So it can happen though. We'll be there, Brian. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys agree. I almost don't think them winning this game would prove much. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> like, come on. Like, like how? So so <laughs> how? I think I think to your point, the case to be made for them winning this game is that Pete Carroll loses to the 49ers. He generally beats Kyle Shanahan, by the way. Mm-hmm. He has almost as good of a record against Kyle Shanahan as Sean McVay has against Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. And Pete Carroll managed to to win a game that he shouldn't win at least once a year, you know? And so <laughs> I don't know. Like it could be, it could be like a turning point. It also could just be that they find a way to come through uh, on this. I, I mean, trust me, I would, I wanted to win and I wanted to see what happens. I, I really like, I really would like them to find a way for this to be a game that they compete in, that they don't embarrass themselves. And if they can come out with a win, Evan, we're going to make some, we, we might not make it out of Lumen Field. Uh, and you might not make it out of Seattle. I will be completely unhinged if we win this game. Crab rave. Mm-hmm. No, we will be going live from the stadium. <laughs> and there will be video evidence of me getting stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I, I'm telling you, I, I, I actually... Um, I haven't talked about this on, on the pod, but um, the Rams game this past Sunday kind of radicalized me a little bit. Like that was one of the chippiest sports games I've ever been to in my entire life. We were surrounded by Rams fans for the first time, by the way. Um, I've been to f- several Rams games actually in LA and um, they, or several games into LA and, and one or two in, in LA. And it was, it was chippy on Sunday. And it renewed my hatred for that fan base. I, I kind of didn't think, honestly, we make jokes about Rams fans not existing. Oh, they exist. They just hide for 99% of the game and they come out with the 1% when they're winning. They're a bunch of bitches is what they are, honestly. And fuck them. And to be quite honest, I think Niner fans are, are worse on a 10x scale. And uh, my patience is running out with them. They're really bad fan base. Brian, you might want to stay home. So, um, He's not sitting with me. No, okay. <laughs> Jim and Jeff are sitting together. So, uh, yeah. We'll, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. So, it is 49ers is. fans are, I mean, look, I, I, I go to all the home games. I, I see Chiefs fans come in. I see Cowboys fans come in. I've seen, you know, on and on, like, it is a contest between Cowboys and 49ers fans for who's are the worst fans. Um, hmm. I even like Eagles fans more. Uh, here's the thing, guys. I am so down with like be verbally chippy, talk shit, whatever. I don't care about that. You know what I mean? Like it's football at the end of the day. But like Rams fans made it physical on Sunday. And I'm like, is this really what we're here for? Like really? Like we're grown ass adults. You know what I mean? Like nobody's nobody here is trying to get physical, you know what I mean? 
but Rams fans were pushing it. It was it was it was pretty intense. Actually. That sucks, dude. I'm sorry yeah. you had to. That that is the worst. And it's just like it's 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 like when we're getting like pushed from behind and like you know not sucker punched, but like it's it's just you like get food thrown on you or shit like that. It's just like it's like you know I don't get me wrong. Like I'm talking a little bit of shit, but it's all in fun and it's all in jest. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, I've never been to a Niners game, so I am really excited about it. We'll see. I'll tell you the, the worst experience I had was not just the fans, but I went to get something from a concession stand and someone at working in Lumen field at the concession stand was wearing a 49ers Jersey. What? And I tweet, I tweeted about it and I got a, I got a response back from Lumen, a DM. They're like, where was this person? <laughs> like, I told him, like, I mean, what the hell? Like, you can't go to your home stadium and have your the people working there wear the opposing, like, the rival jersey. Like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, you will. This will be a memorable night. This will be a memorable night. For and one way or another, it will be memorable. I am so looking forward to it. I know that the problem, like, odds are not in our favor, mm-hmm. but we got a chance. And it's going to be Thanksgiving. First time we've ever hosted a Thanksgiving game in Seattle. Maybe the last time we'll ever host a Thanksgiving no, game. No, we, we did a decade ago. Remember? No, we did it down in San no. Francisco. Yeah, I remember they oh, ate Oh, duh, duh. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a special game, man. I, I'm like, I'm super looking forward to it. My family <laughs> is so pissed, but I was like, guys, come on. It's Thanksgiving. Like, the Seahawks never play on Thanksgiving. It's so rare. Dana, yeah. Any last thoughts before we start getting into predictions? Um, again, state for the record, I don't watch this game live. I just can't do it. Ever since the Super Bowl year and both teams were so good, it was just too stressful for me. I can't do it. So I watch it almost immediately after I know what's happened. Um, I just can't, it just is my thing. But I, I think what's going to be interesting here is look at the divisional games across the league this year and how weird they've been and how teams that sh- had no business winning actually won these divisional games. Like you just have to keep an eye out on that. And I say it all the time. Divisional games are weird, right? That's why the Rams always beat us. Even when they're terrible, they're just weird. So I don't, I wouldn't give up all hope. I can see kind of what Evan said, a, a little pissy bratty Pete Carroll coming out there and just deciding he's going to whoop their ass for some reason because he can. Right. You know? And so it, it'll be interesting. Do I expect that? No, I, my, I just don't want to be embarrassed on our home field is kind of what I'm hoping for at this point. But at the same time, I don't think it's completely out of the realm to have a little bit of hope that if Seattle has a first half like they've had in some of these games and then managed to continue it into the second half, even just for the third quarter, that maybe they have a chance to win this game. And remember, San Francisco is beatable. They've, they lost three in a row. So it's possible. They did. I'm going to, I'm going to kick us off on predictions and then go to you two. All right. Even if I thought the 49ers are going to win, I would never predict them to win. I just can't, couldn't bring myself to do it. But here's the thing. I believe genuinely that Pete Carroll, John Schneider, that entire coaching staff have had this game circled on their calendar since last year, since they lost. I think every move they've made has been with an eye on the 49ers. I believe that they have probably been holding plays for specifically to show in this game that they have not yet shown this year. I think that Pete Carroll has already been showing a more aggressive tendencies on fourth down than he's been other parts of the, the, his career. I think we could see fake punts. I think we could see fake field goals, onside kicks. I think we could see all sorts of random shit in this game, trick plays that we don't normally see. I think that this defense has what it takes to make this a game, no matter what, to make this a slugfest. And so... I'm looking at this game and saying, I think the Seahawks are going to find a way to actually beat this 49ers team, shock every single person watching, and change the conversation. 
So I think we are going to start this gauntlet with one of the most unlikely wins of the season. I'm going to say Seahawks 24, 49ers 14. So they win this game and lose the next three. That's what you're saying. I'm not going to predict. (laughs) (laughs) I will have more information at a later date. Okay. Okay. Dana, how about you? Um, I think it's actually going to be closer than that. I, I also too refuse to pick the 49ers ever, but I think it's going to be like a 23, 24 game. I think it's going to be super tight. I think it's going to come down to freaking Jason Myers. And we are going to have to apologize to him for reaming him deservedly. So for this last week, and I think that he's going to redeem himself, but so I, I think it's going to be close. So I, I guess if I have to pick a number, I'm going to say 23, 20 Seattle. Oh man, uh, this is really difficult because all logic and data and rationale is like, guys, the Seahawks are getting smoked on this. Yes. Like, let's just be super clear about it. Like, two touchdown minimum type of loss is is what is what my rational side of my brain says. Uh, but football isn't played on a spreadsheet, and sometimes crazy shit happens. So. We're going to go with the vibes on this one. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think Seattle wins. It's going to be really stupid. It's going to be like 17 to 14. It's like the Seahawks are not going to put up 30 points, you know, on this defense or something like that. So, unless there's a defensive score. But Seattle Niners, 17-14. Can I just say this? All of us were like, okay, we're going to win, even though we don't really think we're going to win, but we're going to (laughs) win. So, let's just pick this. Totally you know, there's just principles at play here, and I will never, I will never pick them no matter what. And you know what? It does remind me of a few years back. I think Grant's got some points about how Russell was just a factor that, you know, mm-hmm. was always at play. Yep. And there was the last game of the regular season it was for the division. And the Seahawks had to bring back Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin. And they had like nobody, like they were, they had so many guys injured. We didn't have our left tackle. I can't remember it. Like we had just like a total mm-hmm. joke of a roster and the 49ers were just stacked. Like they seem like they always are. And we should have won. Like uh, what was the receiver out of you, Hawaii that, that we all thought was going to be oh, John or Sua, John or Sua. Catches a ball that if he just would have been like in half an inch, it would have been a touchdown and doesn't do it. Ends up getting stopped at the goal line. Uh, next play. We had no business. We spent that whole week joking and trolling the 49ers of like, man, you better hope like if you don't win this, then you can't win anything. And they were so pissed at Evan and I, they doxed us after that game mm. or tried to. Yeah. So, I've seen crazier things, but man, whatever it's supposed to happen, I want my team to show up and actually fucking hate this team as much as I do to actually like make George Kittle eat some dirt to like be the physical team, to bring the hits, to bring the energy, to actually just fucking fight. Like I want this to be a game that 49ers don't get to just gloat about. Yeah. And I, I like lay some hits, lay some hits, rock them, mess them up. I want this to be like a physical football game. Let's get Devin Witherspoon blowing up Purdy on a blitz. Let's get Devin Witherspoon picking Purdy off and taking it the other way and leaving him just like confused. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you something. Rams fans were such bitches. When Witherspoon took that receiver, I don't know who it was on the screen and just like, Suplexed him. suplexed him. Oh, I went off when that happened. I was having so much fun. I was like, fuck the penalty. I'll take the penalty. 100 times out of 100 times, yeah. I'm taking that penalty. Yeah. I, I, I want plays like that. On, on yeah. I want a physical, rough football game. <sighs> Let's hope we get it. Let's, Let's hope, hope we get, get it. it. Let's hope I, we get it. All right. I want to thank Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG on Twitter, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB. Uh, and of course, Grant Cohen, our special guest tonight for coming on. If you haven't given the show a like 
what are you doing? Takes two seconds. Give the show a like. Click subscribe to the channel. You will want to subscribe to the channel because we might go live at any point this week. If some shit happens, we could have multiple inappropriate videos getting posted <laughs> at any time that night. So just be aware. Evan and Jeff are coming to town. All sorts of odd things could happen. Subscribe to the channel. Trust me, you'll appreciate it. And then go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Sign up now. Get access to the Slack channel. Join the community. Have conversations with other Seahawks fans. All good folks. And we'll probably tweet out some pictures tomorrow night from Daniel's Broiler where we're having dinner for the Ring of Honor with a bunch of folks. It's going to be great. You can join Ring of Honor too. I might still be able to even get you a seat if you do. So patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Until we meet again, have a wonderful, happy, healthy, well, maybe not healthy in the sense of what you eat, but healthy in the sense of how you feel. Thanksgiving, and we will talk soon. Go Hawks. Hey, folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Get you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tale of the Tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.